things are getting spicy between Red Bull and Mercedes. However, that's not the only rivalry on the grid that's heating up, as Ferrari is making moves on McLaren. Barcelona finally puts up a good race. For you, baby. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Jump to Start Racing podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, say hello. What's going on, guys? As you guys can see, he's wearing the Barcelona hat, the custom Mercedes hat. I got that hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also here with my other good friend, Yancy. Say hello. Hi. Not very excited. Hi. Was it the race? Did that do you in? You know what? It's better than I expected. Well, I am glad to hear that. That was... Uh, for Barcelona, an exciting race. I don't know if that's saying a lot or if it's no. It's it, it it says what it means. Well, what I, I think it was I, a very exciting race. It was Super it was good for Barcelona. Guys, let's jump into it. The news I want to talk about first and foremost. Actually, it's it's a budding feud. If it's not already there. on a friendly side. No, I no, don't think definitely so. not. Not for friendly. the cameras, at least. It's a <laughs> lot of mudslinging going on between Red Bull and Mercedes. So the story has come out that uh, Red Bull has poached—is that the right term? Poached another five of the uh, Mercedes technical team mm-hmm. in order to come in and kind of jump, jump start, jump to start their whole. Um, but in this case, they're jumping ship. Yes, yes. In order to kind of jump start their uh, power unit manufacturing, et cetera, division. So they've picked up a number of key players. So Mercedes head of manufacturer, Steve Blewett, is to become Red Bull's power unit production director. Uh, Electronics team leader for Mercedes will be Red Bull's head of powertrains, electronics, and ERS. Mercedes power unit concept team leader. I want that job. Is to become (laughs) Red Bull's head of mechanical design, among other things. Yancy, what the heck is going on? Um, but wait, wait, wait. This is my, out of, out of all people, of this. This is like out of, out of like 100 people. Well, they try, they're trying yeah. to get 100 people. Jeez. Or they approach the 100 they people. They approach 100 people. What's going on is that Red Bull is... But wait, Yancy, and they still don't want Wellington? Uh, right? You know what's going to happen. I'm going to fill in the Mercedes you're going to jump yes. ship to Mercedes yes. I don't I don't get it I don't get it this is a, a, a crime against humanity <laughs> alright so yes travesty <laughs> walk us through enough enough patting me on the back guys let's walk us through this whole thing feeling better yet not yet no I need a little more actually <laughs> Christian he's your guy yeah the main guy alright let's guy. get to it alright so yeah and What's happening is that Red Bull or, uh, you know, freaking, uh, should I say what, sharpening their horns and mm-hmm. just charging at Mercedes in every way possible, on track, off track, criticisms. Um, and, they're, and you know, Mercedes is throwing it back. So well, Total Wolf's answer to all of this is, meh. That's all, that's all it is. Here's his quote. It says, um, I find it admirable that Red Bull is taking on the project. There's certainly a Mount Everest to climb. Nothing has changed in HPP, which is uh, Mercedes engine division. We have 
900 employees and probably we lose 10 or 15 is pretty normal and mostly manufacturing staff. So he's making it seem like it's not a really big deal. So when Total Wolf said that Red Bull is taking on the project, what project is he talking about? The project... Uh, Total, well, I'm sorry? What, Total Wolf, in your in the quote that yeah. you read, said that they're taking on the project. Is that on the, the project, project of, of beating Mercedes, or is that the project of creating their own... Creating their own engine, engine division. And, and main, uh, at this point, what they're doing is they're creating their own division to maintain the current Honda engine. So basically, not to develop it, but just to, to take care of it and build it for the next up season. But what this does also is that it creates, because they're literally building an entire building just for that department. So they're hiring people. So in the future, even if they bring in, let's say a Cosworth or another engine manufacturer, they have the facilities for them to work right there next to the factory. So the engine and chassis departments can work together. And that is super important for Red Bull because then that makes them a, a quote-unquote works team instead of being a customer team. Meaning Red Bull is investing in their F1, in their F1 program a like a manufacturer would, like an OEM would. So they're in it for the long haul. They're not spending all this money just to be in for the next two or three years. They're going to be an engine manufacturer. They're going to be a works team. They're going to be highly competitive. I think what you're seeing this year is just the beginning of it. It's the prelude. Ruben, any thoughts on their poaching before we move on to the other aspects of this feud? No, it's just I know Red Bull was, were criticized before when they bought Jaguar because they did something similar. I started shining people from other teams and stuff like that. So this is nothing new for Red Bull. And it's nothing then, new on F1, to be honest with you. So what? There's nothing new on exactly. F1 either. Yeah, yeah. So it worked for Red Bull. In, in the back in the day, so hopefully this works for them as well. And I guess money's key. They're throwing money at these people. That's the only money, you know, you're offering these new people that are jumping ship with a better position, a better title, and obviously more money. So. I think there was a quote by Lewis Hamilton a few years back. Um, almost dismissed. I think it was uh, right when, right before, right after he signed with Mercedes, almost dismissing the Red Bull team and saying, no, they're just a, was an energy drink company? Yeah, Oof. something like that. Oof. Meaning that, you know, they're not really serious players still in, there, in the F1 game, but they won four championships. They've, they have a winning pedigree. They have a great team. And now with this investment in the, in the powertrain, again, it's just starting us to up, to upkeep and maintain, um, and, uh, the Honda IP or the Honda engine. But, um, the quotes coming out of Milton Keynes, especially Christian Horner, is that it is a step in the direction where they can um, build their own engines, their own um, Red Bull tagged engines, be it them or be it in partnership with a third party engine manufacturer like a Cosworth. So beyond that, beyond that piece of information, then kind of weave into a couple of other things, right? So Lewis Hamilton has mentioned that he wants his contract done before during the summer break or before the summer break. Beyond that, there is also talks about potentially Valtteri Bottas losing his seat sometime during the season. Do you guys yeah. remember what his response was? Uh, it's bullshit. 
No, Red that's Bull, what it, Red that's Bull exactly. ish. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think he chose his words wisely. And he also said that there's only one other team that does that on the grid. Mercedes is not one of them. Woo. Or it's not who's, the one. Not not the one. And who's the other team? Who is the team that famously kicks their drivers out in the middle of the season? Alphatari. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why he said bull and yeah. ish. <laughs> At the beginning of that. I think you should have a recording next time and say this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it could be just another rumor started up by another camp. We've seen that before in F1. Could be, you know, uh, Mercedes um, just uh, throwing that out there just so it can get into the media and, you know, the media can ask the question uh, what's going on or, or Red Bull saying that Bodas could be in danger of yeah, there's so many so many different scenarios. You know, the other the other um thing that came up this weekend is Hamilton bringing up uh Red Bull's uh flexible bendy, the bending bendy of the wing. I have a quote here from uh he's missed a quote today. Yeah, well, yeah, he's prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so Hamilton. Where is this quote? Okay, so yeah, in a, in a he's in, talking in about an, how in, a, in an interview, the Red Bull cars are really fast on the streets. They have this bendy wing on the back of their car, which they put on today. They gain at least three tenths from this wing. Wow, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. So it will be quicker down the streets than us, and it will be hard to keep them behind. But that doesn't mean it will be impossible. Obviously, the FIA has looked into this. No wrongdoing. But I mean, so again, it's just. Do we see Mercedes having the same Ben doing soon? Ah, uh, if it works for them, I think that's all materials. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I just think it's just a lot of mudslinging going on, just to see what you know what can get under their skin. You know, it's funny. Well, number one, of course, Hamilton and Mercedes. Oh no, we're not that good. Red Bull so much faster. Just another Eeyore, another example of their Eeyore shtick, right? And then number two. <laughs> That number three tenths isn't that number familiar? Wasn't that the number the amount of time that uh, uh, Verstappen was losing due to the differential? Yes, in the in the first race. So mm -hmm. it, it's weird how we get these numbers. Come, oh my God, it's three tenths, and 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 uh, Hamilton or Max was losing three tenths. I think but now they're gaining three tenths. Well, like half a second. Yeah. Or so I don't I don't I forget what they were talking. About. It's just a lot of mudslinging. It's actually fun for us. Yeah, of course. Um, it's like it's like the WWE. It's amazing. It's, yeah, like <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's great material for Netflix. Yeah. If you smell... Yeah, <laughs> what <laughs> ham is cooking? Like I didn't remember how it started. I didn't remember how the, how the saying started. I'm, like, I'm going this way, I'm going this way. Like, how does this go? How does it start? And I can't remember. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, but... You know, at the end of the day, right? The results on the track are what matter. So they could poach all the talent they want. They can say whatever they want back and forth, but who's producing right now? Well, right? I'll tell you what. I, I, this is when leadership uh, leadership is key. And just, like I said, total Wolf's demeanor is eh, bring it on. And it's the same way with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, you know, in the interviews afterwards, he's he, he's like, I love this competition. It's great. Bring it on. But and he's obviously coming out on top. When you are the king, does it really matter what the uh, peasants are saying? L listen, and no, it really doesn't matter. And uh, to quote uh, from one of 
the greatest TV shows on the face of this earth. If you come for the king, you best not miss. And Are you talking about Blue's Clues? <laughs> <laughs> the Wire. Wire, my friend. The Wire. I got a question for you, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This Ben Wing thing that the um, Hamilton's Hamilton, you know, a lord to order. When did he say that? After the race? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Uh, no, it's a Saturday evening. He okay, said yeah, it. Say, so it was right after uh, qualifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said it on Sky when, when he was so close and doing qualifying. Or well, was, well, was well, close to my, you know, to to Max or to see it. We can uh, <laughs> maybe in the race he was. Maybe he did an like, Inspector Ham like Inspector yeah, Seb. Exactly. Yeah, he just took a quick look. <laughs> or oh, they got he got a feed from the uh, no, from, but from know, the spike has, from the the what is it, the spike photographer? When I say this, because he has to be running to see the bending thing on it because the car is parked. It's no, like, but oh, they have video going know, into but, the. You know, you know, but it wasn't Hamilton that lured to it, so he had to come from. Well, he's the one that brought. I mean, obviously it came from somebody else, but he brought it up on TV. You know, and, and all the news outlets are going to pick up on that. It's F1, baby. This yeah. is what makes it interesting. <laughs> all right, so prior to moving on Keep to Keep slinging my boys. Yes. Prior to moving on to the race review, I want to make sure to mention our socials. If you're enjoying what we're talking about uh, so far, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jump to Start F1. Check us out on YouTube. We're live on video. You could see us waving at you literally right now. It's Jump to Start Racing Podcast. Make sure to search for us. Drop a couple of likes, you know, watch our videos, um, subscribe and hit the bell if you like uh, our content. Uh, for those that are watching us on YouTube or watching us on YouTube, I guess, we are across multiple pl- podcast platforms. I'm going to bring up the small little video that I do here. Boom. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn and Stitcher. Uh, so obviously make sure, check us out, Wait. drop some reviews. At Jump to Start F1, Twitter and Instagram. Is, yo, he's nailing. He's yo. He's like Lewis Hamilton. The consistency, the excellence of execution. All right, so <laughs> Ruben, take us to our race review. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. So, let's start off with qualifying. Um, Q1, uh, notable. Actually, this this whole saga starts before Q one. Yuki Sonoda coming into the into the uh, race weekend, talking crap about the car, saying that there's a question mark above his car that's not there over Pierre Gasly's car. Well, yeah, that was maybe right a height thing too. <laughs> that was because of that was because of his Q one exit, gotcha. which is a car that is capable of making it into Q three. I would say, yeah. Um, yeah, he seems like a bit of a crybaby. Yeah, typical Zoomer, would you say? I don't yeah, know. he's um. It was listen. He it, he's obviously a very has a very fiery character. Yes, uh, which is not a bad thing, but it's only a good thing if you can control it. And if you produce, well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's I mean, the Michael whole Schumacher, point. right? He was very fiery, but the man. So was Senna, right? They all yeah. won. Nigel Mansell. He's um, he's very much a rookie. You can tell, and uh, he that I don't know where that comment came from. That the car is not the same. Um, it's not it obviously the looks the same. But, it's not behaving, the same. but it's not behaving the same because he's not driving it exactly. the way it should be driven. 
he needs to put his head down. He needs to calm down. He needs to, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say stop cursing, but I'm just saying just just tone it down a little bit and um, stop making excuses. Because at this point right now, what you're doing is that you're blaming somebody else for your shortcomings. Right. So what what's the, not the proverb, but like when there are, pro- look within, right? Look within. What can you do? To better the car. So in a situation where your team just kind of needs you, the, the car started out on fire. Amazing. And that's another thing to talk about. The AlphaTauri itself, the car has really dropped off. But uh, I don't think it's the car. No? No. It's the. It's just bad. It's a combination of a lot of things, but it's all self-inflicted by the team as a whole. Obviously, Sonoda's not performing the way he should. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a bad tire, a, a strategy call. For Pierre Gasly. For Pierre Gasly. Yep. Um, and then you had, you know, in, in this race in particular, he could have finished higher. Uh, the tires dropped off. There's a lot of things. It's all self-inflicted wounds. The car is good. It's just that you can have the tools or you can, you know, you can have the weapon, but if you don't know how to use it, what what good is it? You're taking a knife to a gunfight, right? Yeah. So I mean, the car is good. The car has pace, but you're looking at what traditionally is a lower midfield team faced with a good car. They just don't know what to do with it. It's kind of like what happened with um, Racing Point last year at the beginning of the season. They had a very good car, a lot of potential. They just never got the results. And what happens every Grand Prix with Repo? They have a great, really good car, but <laughs> they can't they can win. I don't think it's the same, I don't no, think it's the same level. No, I, I just, my comment came from saying that I believe what, what makes Mercedes also, you know, really, really at the top is also the whole package that they have. And that's also has to do with Force yeah. India last year. They did not have the whole package. You know, the, something was always happening. Yeah. And if, it's, it's happening with Alpha Tower. You know, yeah. the, the strategies are not, are, not, are not being 100%. Sonora is not behaving the way he's supposed oh. to behave in that car. Uh, you know, like, for example, Gasly had the front wing, you know, taken away in that. And I think it's Imola or, you know. Yeah, Imola. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's a combination of things. Like, you have to come down, you know. And uh, like what you were alluding to earlier as well, that this is what like, a personal belief is like when you want to change, the change starts with you. Yep. Before you start, like, you know, pointing change, fingers, right? If you change. point a finger, you got four fingers pointing back at you or well, whatever. You're, you're basically, you know, it's it's the culture. At the end of the day, if you have a winning culture, if you have the experience, you're able to get around these things. Um, they don't have that. They have the potential, but they don't have that. And then when anything does go wrong, they don't know how to handle it and make things worse. Yeah. One other thing about them is that every other car is getting better. You see the Alpine, all of a sudden, just like now it's starting to show up. And obviously the McLarens are better. The Ferraris are better. Last year they were picking up podiums because there was that kind of like a gap in there that they could kind of squeeze their way into. But now they showed up with a good car and it's not getting better. And it's super close between all those teams. Yes. So, so yeah. any mistake, any small mistake will turn into a huge mistake. Speaking of super close, so that was Q1. That was the notable thing. Q2. So, 10th, 10th was Fernando Alonso in Q2, right? Seven, 117, 966. Lance Stroll, 11th. 
117,974. So what is that? Eight thousandths of a second <laughs> that he lost out on. Pierre Gasly, 12th. That's uh, one seven- very, very close. Yes. <laughs> 117,982. So that is 16 thousandths of a second that he missed out on Alonso. Very, 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 very close. Yes. Can't even blink. Yeah. So <laughs> Sebastian Vettel, 118,079. So that is... It's coming up on one one hundredth of a second. That's again, you can't even blink. It's very, the, very, 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 very close. The midfield is. I'm just trying to say it in layman's terms. <laughs> very. How many varies is that? I have no. Yeah. Like infinite. Infinite. Yeah. Infinite. Yeah. So the the midfield. Then you get like your Giovinazzi's, your Giorgio. Obviously, those guys are going to be in the back. But like the midfield is getting much, much closer, and that is readily apparent in. Uh, qualifying, I had a note here uh, in our outline. Midfield race, five cars finish in Q3. Five cars finish within two-tenths of a second in Q3. I'm going to read out these names, right? So we had Charles Leclerc, 17-5-10. Charlie! Fourth place finish in Q3. This guy is a monster. Fire. He's speaking on of, fire. Speaking of a guy that's on fire, Esteban Ocon, fifth. Yes. 117.580, seven hundredths of a second behind Leclerc in the Alpine that is improving. Yes. I, I, I don't know. Carlos signs in the Ferrari, the other Ferrari, he was four hundredths of a second behind Ocon. And you know what? What's that? It doesn't matter! <laughs> okay. Why? Because all of that stuff, as good as it is, got overshadowed by Lewis Hamilton in his 100th pole. Okay, but let me finish. Just tell me to finish my point. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Let me my <laughs> so we started with Leclerc at seventeen five ten. We're at Carlos Sainz with seventeen six twenty. Daniel Ricardo two thousandths of a second behind Carlos Sainz. Very, 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 very happy very for Ricardo. Close, but it doesn't matter. Very and then Sergio Perez in eighth. One seventeen seven zero one eight hundredths of a second behind Ricardo. It's crazy how yeah. tight we are. Yeah, it's crazy. But when Perez in the second best car on the grid is eighth by like two tenths or yeah, two total tenths, it's insane. Question for you guys though. Do you think I mean obviously this race was different, but do you think something like that will translate to better track action the rest of the year? Yes. Uh, I think that you saw a glimpse of it this week. Yeah, we we did. You saw obviously Hamilton and Max, whatever. But then the rest of the pack, until Boras kind of figured it out mid race, the rest of the pack was, it was like a, you know like an accordion. It was kind of compressed in. You're playing the music, uh, so it was. <laughs> remember that Leclerc actually passed Boras in in uh, in, first in the first lap on turn three. It was Boras, Leclerc, Ricardo. Like that whole Perez, that whole run was actually pretty close, and we can get to that during the race mm-hmm. review. And then at the end, you had Ocon, Alonso, Vettel, uh, Stroll. You had like everybody else fighting for Breaking those last in. two. Yeah, those last two positions, which is crazy for those last two positions. So and you even had Russell. Yeah, Russell in the mix too. Yeah, your, your Mr. Saturday, Mr. Saturday. So. Yancy, you said that none of this matters because... Because. Lewis Hamilton, 100th pole position. The king. 
there's a there was a meme that it showed him holding uh, the 100th pole position tire, and, by, and then and then behind them it's like, like a whole a garbage yard of <laughs> yeah. of tires of, of tires. all the pole yeah. positions that he's gotten. Where are those tires? In the garbage. <laughs> so, best driver ever. Oof. Damn, that's a that's a whole another discussion. Best, best one lap driver. I would say so. Yeah, he's the only person with a hundred poles. Your boy Schumacher, how many he had? Was he at seventy six? Nope, I don't even remember. What fifty nine? Wow, this guy, Mister Trivia, man. Fifty nine? Yeah. Thought it was more. Better fifty three. Jesus. Senna, I believe thirty something. Dude, did you watch like every single one of them? You counted? No, 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 no. I'm still missing the little. The so fifty? <laughs> what is it? Fifty? Nine. Fifty nine. Yeah, for And he has a hundred. Senna was the one that had the previous record, right? Yep. Sure. No. Forty one more poles than anybody else. The, I'm talking about the second place. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Best one left. All right. So, I mean, that's just crazy. And um, and and he just makes it look so easy. Right? Schumacher 68. Okay. 68. Senna 65. <laughs> I knew I was. You see? I told you I was close. Yeah. I was like, right. You were closer than me. Anyway, yeah, I was close. 94. I was like, what? I was like 64. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, but. You said I mean, 74, right? I, I whatever, like whatever. <laughs> but anyways, it's a it's a lot. But I'm just saying, it's just like even the gap is just so is so large, and he does it. And we're doing more. He does it so effortlessly because it's one of those things where it's kind of you expect him to do it. Mm-hmm. You expect him to just like even if you have two people ahead of him in that last Q3 run. Which Q? I mean that those last runs. You, I think you mentioned it during during uh, qualifying. They haven't been. None of them have been uh, faster. No. Than the first it, run in, in, in Q3. the second run of yeah, Q three. No, no time this season has the second run been faster than the first run for any car. For I don't any think. car, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that's what we've seen in the last three races. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what's going on with not that. Only, but, not only that, but Q two. I was looking at the Q two times. A lot of drivers have faster Q two times than Q three times. So yeah. I don't know if it's something with the spacing of the cars and it being a different tire, tire carcass and composition that mm-hmm. that's maybe affected, but yeah, something to look at. Well, yeah, like the second lap, it was a bunch of cars out there. Like everybody wanted to get like a lap at the last yeah. minute. Too. But right. it also seems like a lot of teams are having issues with the with warming up the tires. Yeah. So, but I mean, either way, is this you expect Lewis Hamilton to come up with these unbelievable laps? How does um, he do it? And honestly, his best qualifying laps have come in the recent years. Singapore 20, what, 2019? 19, 19. That lap was Singapore, unbelievable. Singapore, Singapore, How does he Singapore. do it? Huh? How does he do it? <sighs> no, I'm sorry, but to, to be that sharp I, you remember, you know, from race day. Like, you re, you was, remember that the lap? I think it was it, uh, la, was, it was either last year? No, no, the year sim? before. The year before where he had the fastest qualifying lap for more than, by more than half a second in, in Australia. That was, and that like, was the first race. That was what the you know the uh, the the birth of a uh, party mode. Yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah. So even so, take the car out of the equation, right? Because even this year, uh, what was the second race? It was Bahrain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was the first race. Imola. First was Bahrain. It was in Imola. Imola. It was in Imola. Yeah. So Imola, he got the pole position. He wasn't. He was like, "What? I got the pole position?" Because the Red Bull was at that point the better car 
And they were showing it all throughout the practices to the point where, like, Bono was like, oh, my God, you got the, the, the pole position. You got it, mate. Yeah. So this guy, he just does it. He just... I don't. I don't know what it is that he. He's just the excellence of execution. So all right. How? So now, here, here's a here's a, a question for you guys, and I've been thinking about this because it was saw this on social media. I think the 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 handles F1 Network on uh, Instagram. On Instagram. So we would say that at at the very least we can say that Lewis Hamilton is the best driver of of his generation. But what's his generation? Because he's raced. Well, he raced against Alonso, old Schumacher. Yeah, Alonso, uh, Vettel, Alonso, Vettel. Uh, just that that those drivers currently Max. No, no, no. But I'm talking. I mean, currently not. But well, the you're new, talking about the, the champions, what? the recent champions. Yeah, Jensen Button, obviously. Uh, yeah, but now you have this new crop that's coming in. Obviously, the the best. Well, the the. The most known one is Max Verstappen. You have Leclerc. You have Lando. You have Lando. You have Russell. Out of this new crop that's coming in now, who do you think has the best chance? Of unseating him? Of unseating him. Remember, we have Leclerc has seven poles already. We have Max, I think, has... Seven poles? Yeah, seven poles. Yeah. Well, that was with a cheating engine. I don't know. Still doesn't matter. Still counts. Still counts. Still counts. Asterix. Only in baseball, right? Haters. (laughs) Haters. <laughs> you have Leclerc. You have Max. I don't know how many poles Max has, but he has, I think, four or five. Right? No, he got his first pole position this year or like late last year. Wow. So you see? Um, and he hasn't been like, Max is not a great qualifier, so to speak. He hasn't really shown that. But then you have Mr. Saturday, George Russell. Well, you're right. Max Verstappen, four poles total. Okay. First one was 2019 Hungary. Okay. And 2021 was his last one, Bahrain. Okay. You have Mr. Saturday. If you put him in a good car, you can you can get a few poles. Who do you think out of those drivers, Lando, that current new dra- uh, crop of drivers that is up and coming, that you expect them to be here 10 plus years and more, who can come close or even beat? that record 100 none of them because they're going to cannibalize each other who has the best chance of getting closer i would have to say leclerc if you're looking at that one lap performance he's taken that ferrari to places that we didn't think it was even possible yeah we we have yet to see the potential of Josh the full potential right and he hasn't we only seen him we saw only weekend. saw one one weekend and yeah. Bottas beat him out okay. so i don't know that's a interesting question to see 10 years down the line to see who's even come close. I don't think anybody even comes close to that. That's a lot. No, there's no way. There's no way. We're talking all-time greats that are 30 behind them. Yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's going to... No, I don't think anybody will be able to... Yeah, but you know what, man? They also said that about Schumacher's 92-win record and uh, Lewis Hamilton... Just passed by? Has 97 now? No. Well, yeah. I don't know. So, Um, So, the race itself... Another boring Hamilton Verstappen Boras podium. Boring or no? No. Definitely at the front, yeah. At the, def- at the front? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no it wasn't boring. It was, there, so there was, the front is what made the race fun. Right. So if you look at it, take if you go like 30,000 foot, okay, yeah, same finish, whatever, blah, 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 race sucked, etc. But at the start, we had Max Verstappen elbows out, attacking, Matt, uh, attacking Hamilton, which was weird because- Did they hit? 
They did not hit. But what was weird about it is that Hamilton was on the racing line. You would think that that would be the better grip, right? Yeah. It was. It was weird. I think. I think the. I think Hamilton's uh, being the. How do you, how do you, how do you call that? He's being he's, he's he's being so seasoned as he is on Formula One. He actually saw the race, not the moment, because. You know, aggressive Hamilton well, yeah. would have collided. But he, I think he said post-race that he was very mindful to be careful of Ham, of Max next to him because of what happened in Portugal, where he went off yeah. off road, uh, bounced up and down, potential damage to the car that may have affected him during the race that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So he was mindful of that. So he learns. He's yeah. always he's he's Situations always been overcome. mindful of Max, though. He knows that Max is crazy, and especially <laughs> now crazy. that they're that they're. What, Ham- what Hamilton is very good at, obviously he's good at, you know, driving the car, late braking, managing tires, but he's also very good at measuring his opponent and learning his driving style. He did that with Vettel in 2017 and 2018 and got the best, got the best of him to the point where Vettel almost ran him off the road in Baku. Break got him track. so pissed off. So... <laughs> so now that the they're the yeah, yeah break so where you break check tick 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 so now that you have them racing back and forth closely consistently now obviously the, the this season has been good because of that battle at the top between Verstappen and Hamilton um Hamilton again is very good at just knowing these little just just picking up on these little things on Max's driving style. And and he's very good at at taking that and and uh making uh, or trying to uh, taking that and taking that to his advantage where he can beat Max, getting into his head. He these little comments here and there. Um he's Hamilton is the complete package. Again. If you come for the king, you best not miss. I don't know if I would say he's in Max's head, though, because Max is very much like, oh, I just don't have the best car. Like, his comments after the race don't suggest to me that Hamilton is in his head about it. Well, not yet. It's too early. It's only four races. Yeah. But if he keeps, for example, right now it's three to one, right? If he keeps beating Max, Max already looks a little bit kind of like disgruntled after the race. Yeah. You keep doing that. It'll start getting to him, and obviously, Lewis has way more experience, especially with a battle at the top, than Max does. And Max, we know that Max sometimes can be a very, very hot-headed, and that's not something that um, that you can have, especially when you're when you're fighting at the top. Lewis did say something to that effect, like after the race that this weekend he learned more about Max than he has ever learned in the past, like just of, the, of this race. Really? His driving style and stuff like that. Yeah, really? he's excellent at doing that, man. He did it with Vettel. <laughs> he did it with Vettel, man. What, what, would you say that Rosberg did it to him? And then he learned from there? Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. And that he learned from Alonso, who yeah. was also a case of a teammate for him? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, you learn from your experiences, and, and and obviously, I think he did learn something from from he did learn something from uh, from Alonso, but he came out on top ultimately in that battle because he stayed with the team and beat him by one point. Well, actually, did he? 
Yeah, no, he lost to Alonso, I think, by one point. No. No? I don't recall that far back. I think he lost to Kimi. He beat Alonso. Like, he lost to Kimi in 08. In 08. 07. 07. By the way, it was one point. That was but, a rookie year, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, You learn more from your defeats than you do from your victories. And he probably learned a lot more from Rob. That's from why I'm so situation. So I'm so smart because I take a lot of L's. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Max's hot start. Yo, there was also two other guys. Daniel Ricardo and Sergio Perez got off to crazy starts. They they right away jumped up two positions. Sergio Perez in particular was very impressive. Uh Charles Leclerc, who was also on the right side of the grid, overtook um Boras to get into third position very, uh, very briefly. Not even briefly, because it, that lasted through the pit stop. Yes. Um, but I think what also caused the, the Leclerc overtake of Borders was the incident of Hamilton having to pretty much slam on the brakes, you could say, so he yeah, could let yeah. him through. So he was right behind Hamilton. Borders was right behind Hamilton. Yeah. He so he had, had to, to you know, let off. readjust or let off, and that's when Leclerc, oh, I got my piece right here. Right. So then the, um, the story for the race became the strategy calls between Red Bull and Mercedes. So I'm going to bring up the pit stops. Hopefully this graphic works. Boom, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so we see that uh, we see that Verstappen pitted in lap 24. So it was said after the race that Verstappen actually made his own call, that he may have misinterpreted something that was said from the pit wall and came in, and then that's why the tires weren't ready, and that's why the pit stop was delayed. So I do want to say that. Not ready, it's true. Yeah, we always comment on how just automatic Red Bull is with these pit stops. That they are just consistently yeah, like robots, the yeah. minions. Yeah, they're consistently one of the best pit stop crews, up there with Williams, surprisingly, right? <laughs> so Verstappen pitted lap twenty four. Hamilton pitted lap twenty eight. It looked like from there, and you could kind of see it in the bars in the in the. Uh, Graphic here from uh, Pirelli Motorsport on their Twitter at Pirelli Motorsport, I think it is. But you could see that, and it's something that um, a lot of teams thought that this could be a potential one-stop race. And you could see it under uh, Verstappen. Uh, it looks like Mercedes had already calculated that it would be a two-stopper. Both their drivers came in. Obviously, Hamilton came in early to try and get that longer stint on the medium uh, to on the on the used but fresher mediums to try and get Verstappen. And then we see Bottas had pitted originally for the fastest lap, but then obviously it helped him towards the end. What so, do you guys think of these strategy issues? So the you know, obviously looking at the graph and you know refreshing and everything. So do you think Verstappen went in reacting to Bottas? Because Bottas just had come in like a lap before. I, I don't know, because Bottas was up far behind him. Like right. you know, he wasn't right there. Right. So why so here's what I'm gonna tell you, right? Probably, and the the reason that I'm saying probably is that um, we had this is a very pure example of what happens when your teammate is not right there with you. Yeah, they did emphasize on that a lot. So very specifically, now you now you're stuck between the two Mercedes. You have to fend them both off, and I I bet that in in the story for Verstappen that he made the pit, he went into the pit before they were ready. They were saying that they were going to call him in for the next lap, and he understood it to be this lap. So the fact that um, right away, the, the, the fact were, that he came in early and it was still a four-second pit stop is was ridiculous. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, he it it seemed it almost seemed to me that that Max was um a little anxious because and I don't know what the team communication is, but those are the mistakes that you can't be making because mm -hmm. it it cost him ultimately. Mm -hmm. And then with you not having the other car right behind you, then you're a sitting duck because ultimately what Mercedes did, and I don't know why uh, they were so stubborn. If 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 you can clearly see that the tires are uh, tires on all cars are um, graining. are graining, they're they're just falling off a cliff basically. Yeah, which is typical Barcelona. Every year this yeah. happens. Uh, even even with the resurface right. uh, track, um, you you would think that when that happens, when when Ham when Hamilton comes in for that second stop, you have a window right then and there to stop right away um, after Hamilton, so you can at least have a chance to get the race win. Um, but yeah, it, th that mistake cost him, and it was you know obviously a longer pit stop than it should have been. That was a difference in the race right there. So you're susceptible in that situation. You're Max Verstappen. You're susceptible to both the undercut and the overcut because both the Mercedes cars are right there. So right. you're you're just kind of you're kind of toast without Sergio Alex Albon Perez being <laughs> there. To we had such high hopes, man. No, we, no, we I, we still do. It's race number four, right? Uh, listen, it's just we. But you have to realize also is that. These drivers have had very little time, especially the new ones coming into new teams, have had very little time to get acclimated to the to to their new cars. You see, Seb is struggling. You see, you know, Carlos is actually doing a pretty good job, but he's still struggling uh, behind Leclerc. Um, that Red Bull car is super difficult to drive. It's notoriously difficult to drive um, as any other driver in that second seat. Um, Perez has shown that he is more obviously more capable than the previous two drivers that was in that seat. And he also had issues with his shoulder. I don't know. It's just it seems like it's a case of bad luck and also him trying to get used to the car. Can we also give but, him credit? But he needs to get on top of that quickly because they're in the middle of a title fight. And when you're in the middle of a title fight, there's no room for error. Um, if they go another race with the same situation, then you're putting yourself um, in a place where you won't be able to fight back for the championship. So I don't know. It, to me, it's just it's weird coming from Red Bull, who is known in their previous years when it was Mercedes and Ferrari fighting for that top spot, right? They're known for having just run their own strategy and making things happen just by running their strategy and not being reactive, not doing whatever it is. So now maybe their their head's getting a little too big and they just need to kind of, even well, even though they're reacting to, they're, they're trying to match Mercedes, they need to just kind of do their own thing. Well, if that's the case, then, I mean, then they're being too stubborn because they didn't react to 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 Lewis Hamilton coming no, in. No, but the they, they, re, they reacted potentially to Bottas and that kind of screwed up their race is what we're kind mm -hmm. of assuming yeah, also it shows that you know they have they have they still don't have the package that Mercedes has Mercedes is, was always kind of wacky on when it came to strategies a couple of years back now they're 
information. You know, like, yes, sir, sir. You know, we're doing this. We're doing that. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's go. Red Bull is like, eh, yeah, we tried that, but it doesn't work. But okay, you know. So now let's react to them because we got to cover them now. When they were thinking at that a couple of years back, it was Rebel dictating the pace when it comes to that. They're for you know they had like their strategy laid out and they're stuck to it. Now they're like, oh no, let's, let's jump down. <laughs> oh no, oh no, oh no, no. <laughs> we're gonna lose. I don't know, man. I they, yeah, they're not. Um, it doesn't seem like they're being aggressive enough, but they also. They can't be as aggressive as they want to be, also because they don't have that second car running the way it should be. So, uh, but they gotta, they gotta get, they gotta. I mean, listen, they're in the title fight. They gotta get it. They gotta get it sorted out. If but, not, then we have what has happened the last few years: is Mercedes running all the way to championship. I'm trying to like trying to like search within my my hard drive of my brain. <laughs> Sergio Perez has never been a great qualifier either. No, no. The but highest, he's, dope. he's a great. But you know, he makes bases. He has makes, great race craft. Though. Yes, no, that's what I'm saying. He's but good he's on Sundays. Been, he's never been that. You could say, you know, he's never. He has never shined as a great qualifier. Yeah, but let me tell you something. That's not an excuse because no, no, no I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm just saying no, no. it goes with what his his history has shown. He has he has shown that yeah okay I did not qualify maybe I don't think maybe top ten or top five whatever but I'm gonna make up those places. Just look at the look at the spread in the field though. You have Mercedes and Red Bull running at the top, way ahead of. Let's say right now it's McLaren. That's the the next best car. Okay. McLaren's not even close to a uh, to the to the pace of a Mercedes or a Red Bull. So then. I'm gonna attribute. So there's no reason. There's no reason why Paris shouldn't be qualifying at least fourth, at least on the second row. At least there's no reason why. When he has had a good lap, he has qualified high. Oh, dude, come on! No, I've <laughs> Duh. <laughs> When he has had a good lap, he has qualified high. Yeah, because if you go back to, you know, obviously he's been four races. You go back to the first four races, he's only qualified high once. That is like the most obvious. <laughs> That's the most Ruben Obvious thing. statement. <laughs> no, I but like I said, if you, he's had, had a good lap. A Rubenism. <laughs> but in a qualifying lap, in, in these four races we had so far, he's only had one good lap. Yeah. Well, he has, he has, oh, the he other ones, together. something has happened to him along the way. Oh, and know. he qualified, I think, fourth. Oh, no, no, he actually he qualified, qualified fifth. Of, he qualified fifth behind the... I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm talking about, like, just this season. He He's has qualified... qualified fourth once. No, no, but he also qualified ahead of... Uh, he qualified ahead of, uh, eighth, I'm sorry, this race. This yeah. race, yes. And he, but he also qualified ahead of uh, Verstappen in the first race of the season, I believe it was. But... I mean, either way, you just you got to be up there. So, Eighth is not good. So enough. I'm gonna bring up the pit stop, um, the pit stop or the the tire strategy graphic again. We see that Perez he pitted on lap 27 and lap 57, which is very close to both Leclerc's um, strategy and Valtteri Bottas' strategy, and we just I, we just did not see the uh, results from him. He ended up finishing fifth, but behind Leclerc, you should be beating that Ferrari. Every single time. Yeah, but that's the key. It's just one of those. You're fighting. A, he qualified eighth. You, he he did move up two spots. But you're in Barcelona. This track is notoriously hard for overtaking. So 
he he did make up two spots, but that's the most that you can expect. That's why you must qualify higher. There is no excuse for that. When you're even if Leclerc, even if Leclerc is ahead of you, yeah, you can beat Leclerc, okay. but can you pass him? One thing is catching up to them. The other thing is passing. So you kind of led into two things that I want to talk about. So I'm going to remember what you just said. Oh, I want to move on to the next topic. And I'm going to ask you guys a beautiful question here. Next topic is Lando Norris and Charles Leclerc. So this race, Lando was a bit off. He wasn't the Mando that we expect, right? Uh, Lando finished eighth, picked up four points. Charles Leclerc finished fourth, you know, picked up his 12 points. So driver standing wise, we have overall right now, Lando Norris in fourth place at 41 points. Charles Leclerc, fifth place, 40 points. Yes, you go ahead, please. Leclerc is driving lights out this season, man. Leclerc is driving like a future world champion. So we, ladies and gentlemen, are we seeing something similar to what happened last year? What? That Lando Norris started very well. He was third place for well, a while. It was just one race. Just, no, no, I'm just saying, is that the beginning of what happened last year? Remember, he was in the points in third place for a while. Uh, I don't know if Last I year. I don't know if I would and agree. Then just to fall off. No, I mean this one race. Lando's running very well. Lando and Leclerc are driving really well this year. It's all the video games. <laughs> you can say that, but you know I don't know. We'll we'll see how how they go next week. But we know that I think the most consistent driver, um, besides Hamilton. Has probably uh, Hamilton and Verstappen, I should say, has been Charles Leclerc. I agree with that 100%. Leclerc has qualified P4, I think, in all four races. I don't think that's accurate. Okay, but whatever. He's because Lando has been up there. Okay, four. so he's he so has between, qualified between four to six. He's four to six. He's just he's been there, there, thereabouts. He hasn't finished lower than sixth in any race this year in the Ferrari. We the spread between the spread between all these guys has been tens or thousands of seconds. Yeah. So, it, so it's very little right difference between well. them. Exactly. So, so they were there were a lot of on field battles last year between these two guys. Mm-hmm. Clean too. Very clean. We for some reason it's not really even talked about on the broadcast as a potential budding rivalry. Maybe because it's been clean. But these two guys are kind of showcasing, okay, this is the future of F1, along with, obviously, Max Verstappen uh, further ahead. But Mm -hmm. where do we see – I read out the driver standings. Let me read out the constructors. McLaren, 65, third place. Ferrari, 60, fourth place. Dude, like, are we back in the uh, early 90s and the 80s? Yeah, Ferrari, um, it seems like they're getting better and better each race. Um, I'm excited about this season. And they both their cars finish ahead of their rival in the McLarens. So Sainz finished ahead, one place ahead of Ricard. I mean of Norris. Norris. And um, Leclerc finished ahead of Ricardo, which finished sixth, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and fifth was Perez. Ricardo was sixth, yeah. Yeah. Fifth was Perez. It seems that um, Ferrari is inching closer and closer to McLaren. To the point where we can start asking the question, is the Ferrari faster than the McLaren? Is the Ferrari the third best car? Yes. No. Um, and 
I don't think it is for one reason and only one reason only. And okay. you you might want to guess a gander or guess why that is. It's yeah. on your damn hat. It's, a, it's the power unit. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only thing I think that their arrow is actually closely matched. Their chassis? I think McLaren has the edge on the chassis. I think we'll see that. We'll, well, we'll get an answer to that in Monaco. So that was my question. Mm -hmm. We just talked about qualifying for Perez. We just talked about Lando and Leclerc. Let's throw in Ricardo and Sainz. This weekend, Ricardo was phenomenal. By the way. Who qualifies out of that group the best in Monaco? Where it is actually, you talked about it being important in Barcelona. It's even more, more important, important in Monaco. Monaco. Leclerc. Leclerc? Yeah. Leclerc did not have a good race last time in Monaco when we raced him. Where he was dive bombing everybody? Yeah. He didn't he didn't have a good race. The car obviously wasn't great. Um he has a good car under him. He is driving a better car. Not a good car, better car. It's a good car. I okay. mean it's a good car when you're fight when you're fighting for third. Okay. Okay. Um not just because I'm a Ferrari fan, but that's also a plus. Um and he has been driving extremely consistent, not only this season, but last season as well. Um, I don't see why Leclerc can't pull out one of his great qualifying laps and land it in third or fourth um, in Monaco. So I don't see why not. I want to keep that. I want to keep the, I want to bring Ricardo too. Yeah, exactly. So I want to put that back in our, in our pocket. And I want to say that, uh, the whole Ferrari and McLaren thing is going to be a nice storyline going for the whole rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that really what we are going to see is the drivers are going to, the drivers themselves, not even the teams, are going to be the ones that determine this, right? We see Lando not being consistent this race, kind of just falling off. We see Leclerc continuing to push the consistency. Ricardo starting to improve to get to where signs is already at in that Ferrari. So that's where we'll see the, kind of the tail of the tape is really going to be the drivers determining that uh, outcome. Well, you have a combination of obviously good cars and both teams have really good driver lineups. So it's going to be, and it's pretty close between them. It's actually, I would say, closer than uh, comparatively to what Red Bull and um, Mercedes, and Mercedes yeah, for is. Sure. So there are definitely going to be a lot of good things coming out of that rivalry between McLaren Absolutely. and uh, Ferrari. Just be, watch out for Ricardo. Yeah. Yeah, R Ricardo's not even like, he's not even close to being comfortable in that car. And, you know, he's learning more and more each race. You he's can see he's getting car. more and more comfortable. He's going to, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see the dynamic between him and Lando once Ricardo does get up to speed. Um and we'll see if and you see that you see that Lando this season has a different demeanor about him. Um we'll see if uh Ricardo getting up to speed gets under his skin a little bit that could also affect the uh, the race. Who's been driving better, Sainz or Ricardo this year? So far, I think Sainz. What do you think? Overall, yeah. Overall, yeah, what? Overall has been Sainz. Okay, so I'm going to... It was a trick no, question. No, the reason why I say it is because Sainz is the one that's been finishing 
you know, or qualifying ahead, you know, like showing solidification with the car. Drivers' championship: Daniel Ricciardo seventh place with twenty four, Carlos Sainz eighth with twenty. Still close. Still very close. Still it's a and remember it's a midfield battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So three it's a points battle, is not and really... also for the third, it's going to be tight for that third place constructor. Yeah, it's going to be super tight. So, speaking of tight, one of my favorite parts of the race was eighth and ninth. We see Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso literally fighting for their lives from an onslaught. It looked like a game of Mario Kart. You know, like it's the last lap and then the blue shell is about to come out and like <laughs> mess everybody up. The, and the blue shell hit Alonso even though he wasn't in the front and it knocked them all. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Okay. What did you guys think of I that whole? Stopped. Yeah, <laughs> I just love video games. What do you guys think? So, number one, let's put a let's put a special highlight. Let's give him the star, I guess. Esteban Ocon, just killing it. The last couple of races, fifth place qualifying. This he's, race, he he's holding his own against really well. Alonso, man. Yeah, he looked really well. This this uh, he's holding his own against a two time world champion. Also, Alonso this weekend had an engine issue, and he still. I thought he was going to retire from the race, saying that it was like a misfire in the engine. Oh, really? Yeah. And I thought he was going to retire pretty much like, hey, Alonso might, might retire. But no, he still pulled it through. I think he was fighting. Uh, Ocon Maybe seems... to fix the code on the computer or whatever. So one thing we need to do, we do need to mention, Ocon was the only driver on the one-stop strategy. And made it work. And, and made it points. work. And because scored points. everyone else, it was pretty chaotic at the end of the race because you see... Tell. You see everybody just the like just dropping like their tires. Yeah, you're right. Kimi Raikkonen also had a one stop strategy. Yeah, um, the the tires just fell off a cliff, and you see you see everybody just falling, and the only one that stayed up there for the most part was Ocon. Um, I think Ocon is back to his uh, his uh, Force India form now, man, and uh, he's doing pretty well. So and if you can get him and Alonso. We mentioned this last week. Uh, Alpine seems like they're getting on top of their car. They might be fighting uh, for points up in the midfield as well. Ocon actually went from sixth to eighth because of the tire issues. You saw at the end of the race that guys were just like, yeah, I mean, were, right they were just trying to hold down at the end of the race. Yeah, same thing with Gasly. Gasly was running up there as well, Dude. and he fell down to tenth place. Yeah. That that look, by the way, that in as you watch the race. All of those cars together through some areas of the track that you'd rarely see so many cars. Looked together. awesome. Well, you know what? Also, uh, 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 probably like off topic, but Gasly, you see self-inflicted wounds. We're talking about Alfatori. Gasly got a five-second penalty at the beginning of the race for not starting on, you know, uh, was starting, like starting with, out of position, out of position right. on, on the grid box. So again, these are mistakes that by a lot too. Yeah, these like are mistakes for a car. That's supposed to be challenging up there with McLaren and Ferrari, uh, even though this race doesn't seem like they're up there anymore. Um, they're they're shooting themselves in the foot. Off Atari, I'm talking about. While you have Alpine on the move, obviously McLaren, and yeah. and and don't count out Alfa Romero. Alfa Romero, yes, <laughs> seems like they're nipping at the butt at the in the at the. At the bottom of the midfield as well. So you had Kimi on, on a ridiculous strategy, and then you had my my boy, my guy, the bullet, the bullet, the Bergamo bullet. He, uh, you I guys saw, 
Yes, Antonio Giovinazzi. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys saw the uh, the pit stop that he came in for. Oh my! God. The mechanic noticed that the what was it? The front left tire had a flat. So at that point, you have to change every tire. All four of them. All four of them because it has to be a matching set. It was a 32 second. It was a 32 second pit stop, right? Um, That's insane. Then the bullet himself shot up the. Uh, I'm trying to get my notes here. Shot up the, uh, <laughs> the the driver field from 19th. He made it all the way down to 10th before uh, dying off and having to finish 15th. I don't know, man. Almost got it there, man. Almost, almost the got bullet, it. The bullet, bullet was flying. Bullet bill. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, anything else of note in this uh, race, boys? Mm. One other thing to mention: Turn 10. They changed the configuration of Turn 10. It didn't really make the racing any tighter. Like it was no effect at all whatsoever. It was kind of, well, I don't even, you didn't I don't think, even think that it mentioned over the weekend. No, they they mentioned it, but like it didn't really have an effect on yeah, on the race. Mentioned as like an affecting anything. Yeah. I don't know. It was tough to tell. Um, they you would have said that if the race wasn't as interesting as it was at the front, maybe it did have an effect on the race. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but maybe. I because technically, I mean, obviously. That was where there was a hairpin before turn ten. There was a hairpin that was probably the best overtaking spot on the track before they changed the layout. Um, but I don't know; it's hard to tell. We'll see. We'll see next year. Even though next year the cars they change the rules, so the cars are going to be able to follow closer. Yeah. So maybe that that might make a difference. They should know. change the rules so that they only race motorcycles there. And, uh, and, well, and then all the they, F1 drivers get in motorcycles. That's That'd why be. they. That's actually why they changed that layout for MotoGP. For MotoGP because it was too, too fast. Too, uh, what is it? Too, the apex was just too tight. I guess I don't know. Um, whatever, man. I don't. You know, I don't, guys. I don't like this track. This was a better. This was a good race, better than I expected. Um, kept me interested to the end of the race. Meaning you were awake through the whole race. Yes, and then I Perfect. fell asleep right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ruben, anything to bring up for, for this race? I think Schumacher, something about his... And I, I can't remember the whole the whole thing was something about... I believe he had qualified, and I think he had qualified the Latifi or some crap like that, maybe. And I don't have the whole story. It's just something that just glanced through it. No, well, he's been driving pretty good. Yeah, he's been adjusting to the car very well. He's He's definitely... Beating Mazepin like a drum. Well, I, everybody okay. is. I think I could do it. I think I could beat Mazepin in one of your trucks, too. Exactly. Not even in. The- <laughs> 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 no, but he seems he seems like he's a lot more comfortable. Um, he's fighting up there with the Williams, yes. which is uh, which obviously coming into the season we didn't see that Haas would be fighting with anybody. But um, but yeah, man. Well. For you to say fighting up there with the Williams, man, to, to be like, oh, the Williams is up there above a team. That's like, holy crap. Well, we all, we, come on. You yeah. know the expectation that the, at least the Williams was, was going to be fighting uh, at, at, at the bottom of the midfield or getting closer to the bottom of the midfield and Haas wasn't going to develop the car at all. The fact that they're fighting each other, I guess, is a win for Haas. We need rich energy. Doesn't say much, anyways. Rich energy back. I mean, it doesn't say much. Yeah. Anything else? Boras? Nothing. Obviously. Boras did what he was supposed to do, man. Um. Oh well. Tell Boras to pack his bags. Um. They don't make midfield. What did you guys think of? Obviously, they were both on different strategies. 
Um, Lewis Hamilton was closing a 22-second gap after he pitted for the for the third time to catch Max. Um, and he was about to pass Botas. Uh, Botas didn't really let him through like that. Well, it was a bit of a tense think, moments there through turn 10. I don't think it was it could tense. Be, it, it could be said that as well, but we, we're in Barcelona. Like, to pass here is also tricky that the other driver is not going to lose that much time. And that's did what Botas said. Did you think yeah. that he's racing his own race? Like, come on. Did you? But uh, it, he didn't move over for him. I think. Did you think that Lewis had to actually overtake him? That's what they said. And that's... Um, that's kind of what Bottas insinuated too that he wasn't just gonna let him, you know, he was he was racing his own race and he was he didn't want to lose time. What is that? Um, Remember, he was still he was also hunting down Max. No, I got you. But what do you think that does uh, team chemistry? I don't think it matters because oh. Hamilton is beating him like a drum, so it doesn't matter. Okay. I think if if it would have cost Lewis the race, then it would be a problem. Okay. Yeah, Lewis still won. Oh, all right, you won. But if that would have been the reason why Lewis did not win, then Mercedes, well, wait, that was, Mercedes was still be in that meeting in Barcelona. By the the, way. the reason why the race was actually pretty good was because of that comeback that Lewis came when he switched those tires. That was actually what made it, like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Um, that's what made this race better than most other Spanish it also, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a combination of the whole race. When Max pitted, Lewis even said over the radio, the tires are back. And that keeps saying that Lewis Hamilton is the only one with tires that yeah. we should wreck. Did you guys have any doubt that Lewis would overtake him at the end? I did not have any doubt on that. I thought, I thought that the uh, we saw already throughout the race how Max was managing the battery to be able to. So we saw the first time that Hamilton came up on him. My whole thought that, that when I was watching it is he's – Brundle mentioned that he's managing his tires, but then he also, in my head, was managing the battery so, because there's only really one spot that that Mercedes could have overtaken the Red Bull, and that's at the start-finish straight. And if you hit your battery on overtake mode, you're just, even with the DRS, it's going to be very difficult to catch him on such a short straight coming off of the chicane. So, And the only other overtaking, overtaking spot on that track has been taken away exactly. in turn 10. So to me, I was like, yo, it's possible that Max could have held him off, but I didn't realize like the tires were just completely gone at the end, and yeah. that was just too and much it was of a, a pretty factor. easy overtake on that. And they the same thing. and he's babying it too much. Yeah, no, and 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 even and even um they were projecting that the overtake was gonna take was gonna take place in the last lap. It actually happened what three or four laps before the yeah. end of the race. So I mean, Lewis Hamilton definitely had crazy pace. On those, on those, uh, those scuffed tires, as they say. <laughs> the uh, used up. There were, yeah, old they were tires. used tires. The reason why, by the way, if anybody's, uh, why they would do that, why Mercedes would put a, a older tires, is that they put them through a heat cycle, meaning that they warm up the tires, cool them down. That makes those tires a little bit more durable for the race. So uh, durable than than if you put them on brand new. So okay. That is uh, that's which is which is allowed to do that. You are allowed to do yeah, that. Yeah, you are allowed to do that. They, I think they use those tires, they put them on once during qualifying. And did a lap, uh, save them for the race. I guess they had been thinking about that think way about before, man. So, all right, boys, we're going to start winding it down. Guys, make sure to follow us. You've been seeing it, if you're watching on YouTube, on the top left corner of your screen, our uh, socials, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. 
Jump to Start Racing podcast on YouTube. You can find us on 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 sorry on podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher is where you can find us in an audio version. Obviously, again, we're, we're on YouTube. Not yet. Come on, I picked it up and I scored right after. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, make sure to check us out. Um, enjoy your week off. We'll be back next week with a preview of Monaco, my favorite race on the tr- on the calendar. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. See you later. Monaco G. Peace, Peace out. Boy. The gem. Peace. Peace.